am the Miami Herald's food editor, Carlos Frias. And over there, oh wait, over there is Amy Reyes. <laughs> Hello, Carlos. Hello, everybody. Our dozens of live watchers. Dozens. Do- we love the, you all. The many ones. The many ones <laughs> of watchers. We're going to get into the tens soon. I promise. I feel it. One day. Are we going to get into the tens? I don't think so. No, one day, one day. I think we're just going to have to be happy here with what we have. <laughs> with our core, our core, our core squad. All right, cool. The the OG 11. OG 11, <laughs> baby. Oh, so what do we got going on, Tame? What's going on with you? I'm going to need for you to talk to me about what happened at La Placita or what's happening at La Placita, the, the Puerto Rican restaurant. Talk about, uh, talk about out like a lamb. So do we need to recap it a little bit? Should we yeah, start from, the bit? Bi- start from the beginning. From the bits at beginning. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think some. I think most folks have been kind of following along with this a little bit, uh, those that care about it. So like the last week of 2018, I'm uh, uh, I'm going for a walk and I get a text that, uh, that Jose Mendin's new restaurant, La Placita, uh, it's a Puerto Rican restaurant in Mimo. Uh, has opened and it's painted. They've painted this enormous mural covering the entire four-story building, uh, and it's a mural of the Puerto Rican flag, and that there are people who are upset about it. And from that day, my life has never been the same. I've been chasing <laughs> that. <laughs> I've been just following that that. You've been following forever. that story forever. Well, so what what happened is that 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 neighborhood that stretch happens to be the only historic business district in all of Miami. Like mm-hmm. there's historical designations for different parts of Miami. That's the only business district. And apparently you had to apply for a special permit to, for anything you want to do that. Like if you live in Coral Gables, you want to paint mm-hmm. your house. You want to paint it pink, you got to ask. Yes. Even if you pick their colors, you got to ask and everything's got to be approved. So apparently murals are not even allowed in that district. And they applied for some kind of, it was confusing. They applied for some kind of permit to do an event, but they didn't apply for the permit to paint that in that way. And ever since then, it's been the neighborhood residents, you know, because, you know, the neighborhood residents move there for a reason. They want their stuff to look the way a that they way, want yeah. it to look. Mm-hmm. And they said that that is not what they're down for. And they have been coming after the owners, Jose Mendin, who's a five times James Beard Award nominee. And um, Julian, Julian Hill, or is it Gil? Hill, Hill. Hill. Gil. Julian Hill. So who's a Spanish language actor who, who helped bankroll the thing. And like, um, and just people were, people were salty. And yet at the same time, like the Puerto Rican community in Miami, smaller as it is, you know, like. They were real into it. They were into it. Selfies every day. Like that honestly did so much for publicity for that restaurant. But the city has been finding them. At one point they had like racked up something like $60,000 in fines mm-hmm. um, that I think were eventually forgiven. Um, but anyway, the whole thing turned out that. that yeah. And the in the meantime, the restaurant was popping and it was loud and it was like, yeah, it was a fun place to go. And, and it's literally like on the street that some people drive in to go to their homes. Right. And so people were kind of mad that it was popping too. And it was making noise and like, it was a little bit too much, too much alegria. Yeah, but you know what's annoying is that they were like, this restaurant's so loud. The restaurant that was there before, Balance. uh, Equally loud. It was, they complained about that too. Equally loud, yeah. It's like, listen, you live one block from a main street. I, I, you know, I live three blocks from Calle Ocho. 
if I lived one block from Coyote, I wouldn't live one block from Coyote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's loud. You would know better. I would know better. And if mm-hmm. not, you know, you make compromises to live there. And I don't know. I don't know what people want. They wanted it both ways. Um, yeah. So, I mean, after a long, the long and short of it, the restaurant's going to close. Um, and so I assume the mural's going to go away and... And it's kind of like a, you know, out like a lamb. You know, it goes out with a whimper, unfortunately. Does he have plans to reopen the restaurant? Is it the location or what What do you think is going on there? You know, he says that he wants to reopen it. But I found something kind of interesting. Like, even Puerto Rican people who who frequented the restaurant, they a lot of them wanted, or a lot of the ones that were commenting online, wanted traditional Puerto Rican food. Mm-hmm. And not he's a take not on a, Puerto Rican. Yeah, and he's not, not about that. And he's Puerto Rican. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, he was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but he became a chef in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants to do his own thing, like at Pub Belly and Pub Belly Sushi. He crosses lines. He adds Asian. He does tapa style. You know, like mm-hmm. he does his own thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know if people. I don't know what kind of reception they would have gotten if it wasn't for that mural. Right now, well, and you know, and you know what I thought. I thought, all right, they painted this mural. They say it cost them twenty five grand. I mean, what is what is a full page ad in the Miami Herald cost? It's got to be less than twenty five grand. I mean, it's got to be more than twenty five grand. Yeah, but that's like a stand. That's like a billboard. That, you can't even compare it. It's, huge billboard. It's a you billboard. Know what? Leave it up. I thought that I honestly thought they would leave it up for until the people complained. They got so much publicity. I thought they would paint it over and the restaurant would just keep going. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe what it was is that the the maybe the fines were were stood. Maybe they still had to pay off the fines and maybe. that, that kind of tanked it. Maybe I, I called them and they weren't they wouldn't talk about it because I think there's still like legal wrangling to be done. Mm-hmm. So they didn't Jose didn't want to get into it. Uh, I never heard back from Julian Hill. Um, so we'll see what happens next. But it's a shame because I I will say I get both sides. I get people that live in the community and they were like, we established, because I mean, people forget that that stretch of Mimo, I mean, some places in that Mimo is still pretty, pretty janky, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but they were all like, you know, uh, rent by the hour hooker motels. Like Mm -hmm. that's literally what that was. It was just like very sketchy. Um, and it's and Mimo is not like that anymore. And part of yeah, the reason nice. is, yeah, they 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 made that designation and they made it nice, you know. Although there's still plenty of like beat up buildings there, but there's there's lots of nice ones too. So, I mean, I get them and I get the other side too that like they put this mural up and a lot of people came for it and they took pictures and you highlight a part an area of town. Yeah, and then I just want to get to my house, so get your dumb cars out my way. That's is there that's. A, it, yeah, is there a case where everybody's wrong? Like maybe yeah, that's the case. Well, there's a case where everybody's annoyed, probably. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's what we hit here. We hit peak annoyance. Well, Carlos, you need to tell us now about the Michelin Guide, Florida's Michelin Guide. It's coming at us very soon, and I think I think you need to tell us like when we're gonna find out, and you need to tell us like what's the criteria because I'm very curious to know like what's the criteria because it sounds very fancy. And I know Miami has a lot of fancy restaurants, but I feel like in our, you know, today's guest is one of those people that can speak on this a lot. But I feel like Miami has a lot more places that are good, just good places to eat, but not necessarily fancy. Yeah, so I like, think so. Yeah. So like the Michelin Guide, Miami's going to get the, the Michelin Guide. It's only the fifth area in the United States that's going to have a Michelin Guide in the U.S. 
Um, and the the first announced restaurants are going to be June 9th at 6.30 p.m. They're going to do like a big thing at, a, at an Orlando um, hotel. Um, and basically the whole thing came, came about because uh, the state's tourism agency, it's called Visit Florida, basically went to Michelin and was like, we will offset your costs. We will pay you $150,000 a year with like kind of a, a gentleman's agreement that it would be three years um, to come and review uh, restaurants in Florida. And then each of the state agencies, like uh, this, uh, each of the city tourism agencies. So like there's one for Miami called the GMCVB, the Greater Miami Visitors and Convention Bureau. Um, there's one in Orlando and there's one in Tampa. Each of them coughed, uh, up, kicked, some bucks too. coughed up some money. So when you add up the whole thing over the course of three years, it's like a million and a half bucks. Okay. Um, do you think it's going to help Miami? Do you think it's going to make us feel fancier? I do. I do actually think um, that it's going to that it's going to raise the profile of some places. Now, I mean, if you think about it, a million and a half bucks in the grand scheme of things to promote your restaurants in your whole state for three yeah. years is kind of a, yeah, it's a like, bargain. Yeah, I've seen money. I've seen state money wasted on, on a lot <laughs> worse things than that. Dumber stuff. Yeah. But listen to this. Listen to this, Carlos. So the um. The restaurants, um, they don't base the awards on service is what I read. So it says <laughs> restaurant inspectors do not look at the interior decor table setting and or service quality when awarding stars. That's These are instead indicated by the number of covers it receives. And I'm sure nobody cares about covers. People only care about stars because I have never heard anybody said I have three Michelin covers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I, I don't either. But I bet you... Because they're not awarding for service, <laughs> Miami is going to get lots and lots of stars. Miami just then just it just slicked back its eyebrows on that it's one. And like, I went, oh, <laughs> yeah, no service. Oh, yeah. We don't care. <laughs> we don't we'll be care. Fine. Yeah, no, no, no. That's it. I think uh, I, I didn't I honestly didn't know that about that because it's it's been one of these things where it's their process has been a little bit uh shadowy and they have and they have been become more transparent over the years mm -hmm. um so i think i guess we're gonna find out we're gonna have to wait for the first round to see what restaurants they are interested right. in okay know? so what name three restaurants in miami just name three off the chick fil a and kendall no <laughs> aparte de eso Besides the Chick-fil-A and Kendall, name three Miami restaurants that you think in your Carlos Frias estimation may receive, even if it's just one star. You don't have to tell me the number. Just give me three. I think, I think um, uh, Stubborn Seed on Miami Beach will get one. Jeremy okay. Ford has a great restaurant there and he's got a great national following and uh, he's a Jacksonville guy. Um, uh, Michael Beltran. Uh, I think at Ariette has a good chance of, of uh, he's a local guy as well. And I think Itame, the uh, Peruvian Nikkei place that uh, Jose Andres was raving about when he came into town. I think those three places have a legitimate shot. Now, I think that like other national places like Joe Robuchon, the late Joe Robuchon has actually two restaurants here, uh, Le Jardinet and, uh, and uh, one that's a Robuchon. Uh, I think both of those will get attention because they have his name attached. Oh, I think the Surf Club, which is a, a Thomas Keller restaurant, will get attention. And, and I think that I, I really think you're missing you're missing Mark one Kelly. though. You're missing you're missing a Kendall. <laughs> 
a Kendall star, okay. which is Gee, obviously. Gee deserves think, all the stars. I think Gee will get some stars. Uh, the Chick-fil-A, maybe no? No, no stars mm, for the no. Chick-fil-A at, uh, in Kendall? No, the Kendall one's oh. not any better than any other Chick-fil-A. Are you anywhere. sure? I'm pretty sure. Because the lines at the, the Kendall line one. The line is long. That is a good to sign. indicate but... otherwise. <laughs> no, but I think those places have a good shot. Like, if I think if you're going to give stars and Miami is in the mix, I think all those places deserve to get some attention. And we'll see which other ones, because it's not just stars. There's something called Bib Gourmand. Uh, which they give, it's kind of like a, that's kind of like a little honorable mention. Like these places serve, serve good food. Um, and um, I think that they have like, it's something like 40 bucks for less. Like it's kind of like oh, a Rachel okay. Ray. You can eat I there for 40 the bucks. For of, less. <laughs> that's the part of the Michelin guide that I would probably be the most interested in. Yeah. I, I'm really curious I, all those things and, and see how they pick. But, uh, but we'll find out. We'll find out the day where I am not here. I'll be in Chicago, so Connie will be will be reporting he'll on be that. He'll be getting. He'll be sitting there hanging out with all of the food journalists of the world well, at the James Beard Awards. I'll be getting ready to. And we'll see how Thank that you. goes. We'll see how that goes. You know what? I'm just happy to have some time off after having to miss my luxurious vacation uh, the last time I'm we so met. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I gave you this Kendall variant. Bro, the Kendall variant is strong. It is strong. I think it I is even, strong. Let's let's hope we don't give it to our guests because I really think that it might actually exist in this space right here, and it just kind of marinates. Yeah, I think and, he's already. I think he's already got it. So yeah, he probably case, already got it. So let's let's introduce him before he before his symptoms get too bad. <laughs> uh, so our guest today is Seth Gonzalez. Uh, Seth is the original Miami food blogger. So as the Burger Beast, uh, he's been interviewing or he's been reviewing burgers and comfort food restaurants inside and outside of Miami since two thousand eight. Uh, he's become Miami's advocate for the Everyman Diner. Uh, his Burger Beast-approved stickers uh, adorn many of Miami-Dade County's beloved institutions, but no fancy places by design. Um, he's an author. Uh, surprise, he's written a, bo- a book about burgers. Uh, he started a dearly departed burger museum. Uh, he bottles his own burger sauces uh, he recently became uh, a bona fide restaurant owner of uh, Crackers Southern Dining in Miami Springs. Actually bought a place that's been around for about 10 years. Uh, he's a man of many talents. Uh, just don't ask him to put lettuce and tomatoes on his burgers. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to La Bestia. Míralo. Qué lindo. Hey, hello. Hey, everybody. Qué lindo está. Ah, viste. <laughs> Actually, Where? my mop is getting big. <laughs> Oye, me, eh, yeah, because some of the photos that we had of you, you were you were pelado uh, rape. You were you had a buzz cut. Yeah, yeah. What I happened had, then? Oh, that that was. Uh, I started cutting my hair like that in the summers, and during the pandemic, I just decided to let my hair keep growing out. You had some flowing locks during the pandemic. You had some yeah. Prince Valiant hair for a minute there. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, Many years ago, I dressed up in, uh, for Halloween as a samurai. So I spent the whole year growing my hair out so I could put it up in a bun. And then I was telling your wife, yeah, I should probably do that again. <laughs> And my wife's like, oh, no, you're cutting that. <laughs> wow. The samurai. Bro, that is you. You really you went hard for that. Toshiro Mifune, man. Love that guy. Who is that? Wait, I don't know what that so- is. Uh, well, what is a Toshiro IMDb? Mifune? I'm, IMDb. Look him up. He was even on the love boat. 
All right? <laughs> For whoever knows what the love boat is. The love boat no, soon no. will be making no. another Make run. Make it stop. Make it stop. stop. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Steph. So now that we're getting a Michelin guide, we, we have to discuss, like, do you think the Burger Beast um, stamp of approval will super will continue to supersede the Michelin <laughs> guide for miami diners because i think it might i think isn't uh, michelin a tire company it and is. burger what beast if... is a guy who talks about burgers so that's right that's right I, I, I don't even know if the michelin guide is an actual guide i just hear people say they have michelin stars I, it's not really something I, I pay attention to to be quite honest you know i'm curious about that you never um you never went down for the quote-unquote foodie movement which God bless you because I'm sick of that word already. I think we've all, uh, you, like you were always about uh, mom and pop places and places that were accessible. And um, where did that come from? Do you think like, why did, why was that interesting to you and not uh, things that were confit and uh, served under a demi-glaze and au jus? I, I just didn't grow up in, in eating in that world. You know, my, my family moves like many folks from, from Cuba to New York and then from New York to Miami in the seventies. And we grew up eating in the suburbs. I mean, those kind of places don't exist in Westchester where I'm from or in Kendall and Hialeah and Miami Springs, all the places I frequented as a kid. Um, and so I was never, I was never, I guess, exposed to it. I'm, I'm not opposed to going to eat there. It's not something that particularly interests me. Uh, I'm more interested in helping out lo local mom and pop shops and helping get the word out. You know, yeah, you yeah, and, and I remember you saying that um, that when you were a kid, like you, it didn't matter what restaurant you went to, you were always ordering the burger on the menu, no matter where it was. That is very true. Um, so even to this day, if we go to a restaurant and there's only a burger on the kids menu, my family's like, you better not. I'm like, I, I am. <laughs> I, I'm like, why is this only on the kids menu? It could be some hidden treat no one knows about, you know. Um, is it is it ever a hidden treat or is it always? Sorry, Amy. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's always no, a kid's it's always, burger. It's always a burger, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes burger. there's a, a Crackers is, a, you know, a restaurant that I call and it's, it's a great example. Where on the kids menu, there's sliders that they're really good, you know, and no one. I mean, we don't sell any of them. Maybe now we might hit my because I mentioned it. But, you know, as far as like legit sliders, um, they are. They're like smashed little patties. You know, so you ugly. started you started your blog like in 2008 like mm -hmm. how what moment was it when you were like wow my blog is actually having an impact like was there one place that you visited where you got so much feedback that you were like wow people actually read this and they're they're the owners were super into it like where was that like moment the tipping point for the blog I, I think that the owners kind of being into it didn't really happen till maybe about a year so you're talking maybe like the summer of 2009. Um, I was kind of taken aback initially because it was just an outlet for me. I was in retail management. I wasn't happy. And my wife's like, oh, you should just write about the burger joints you liked. And she actually coined the term or not coined, but suggested I call it Burger Beast because I wanted to call it. Now that's a tasty burger since I love Pulp Fiction. And uh, so we ended up going, I, and, and it really, it's only because now that's a tasty burger.com was taken. <laughs> 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 
Uh, it's, so luckily, it's owned by Samuel Jackson. <laughs> so luckily, uh, Burger Beast was available. And, um, you know, I think at that point also, we were kind of like making the switch from MySpace to Facebook. So I remember I had just shut down my MySpace. I'm like, oh, my God, I had all these people following me on MySpace that could have been, you know, reading Burger Beast. But when the commentary, and I was on the blogger platform, and now I'm on WordPress, when people start commenting that I don't know, that's when I was like, oh, wow, there's people I, who I don't even know just making commentary and suggesting places. And the first part of the year, I had a page where you could just suggest places for me to go because burger-wise, Miami was – you didn't go to some chain. You were probably talking like Keg South or Duffy's on 57th. Uh, we weren't really known for burgers. Fritas, yes. Fritas is a whole other you know world, the Cuban hamburger. Um, but that was not something that that was there. And, and I think it also happened, my blog happened to coincide with the explosion of popularity of burgers again. And I happened to be in the right place at that right time to be writing it. And the, bur- the blog was only supposed to be about burgers. But because there were so few I could write about, I decided I would write about fritas. And then I wrote about croquetas and then, you know, all the stuff I grew up eating as a kid. And it connected with people because no one at the time was doing that. Well, now we have such good burger culture that we almost always win Burger Bash at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. Like, I, Carlos, the last, what, three years that you've covered it, we've won almost both categories like every single year. Yeah, it's been it's been local guys at, uh, represented in in some way, and some form. And you know what? They've been doing a better job too. I think of highlighting local people, which I think is is you know a credit to them. You know, when when Pincho, who was the first local to win, um, I remember the year before. I, I believe they participated one year before, and then they won the following year. But I remember telling Natal, who happens to be my business partner in Crackers. I remember telling him, you're never going to win Burger Bash. It's impossible because the celebrities are doing, getting all the votes because they're luring people to snap pictures. And that happened to be a year I was not there, of course. <laughs> you know, they went on the year, but I, I was ecstatic for them. And then that we saw a possibility. And then I think it was the year after Jersey Dog, who was a food truck, won the judges. And then I was like, now, you know, all rules are off. I mean, the food truck just went from Miami, you know, so, uh, and I think a lot less celebrities have been uh, participating because you really kind of see through their game. A lot of them are just putting out some mediocre stuff at the events. And the local people, you know, the local pride comes through when we have, you know, a bunch of Miami people there. And they were like, I want to vote for someone from Miami. You know, uh, you were talking about how you got your start. And I want to step back one step and reference the room that you're in. You're a uh-huh. collector of interesting horror uh, movie oddities and whatever and you yeah. used to have a horror movie rental store like very specific yeah. oh wow and it, it was uh, called it was called oh the horror oh yeah. my goodness in, in the middle of westchester on 95th and bird oh westchester <laughs> i thought it was in awaluse i thought it was in sweetwater no, but it was in westchester. no no it was in westchester uh there's a print shop there now uh, that used to be the location of my grandfather's print shop not the one that was referenced in the story. Yeah, I had two, you know, um, my my maternal grandfather owned a print shop. My dad's dad was a, a professional wrestler. And uh, so... I know, like, yeah, record, I record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's dad was a professional Lucha Libre wrestler. Right, yeah. 
It's called the style back then was called Catch as Catch Can, which is a, a particular that's it. That's the man right there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, is that him? Is that a is that a picture of his No, face? no, no. It's actually a, the poster, it's a little lower. I guess it's just not coming up, but you can actually see that's when he oh. passed away in um, unfortunately, when my dad and him moved to the United States, he, he got cancer and he, he didn't even last past three months in New York. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, he was a professional wrestler. He made his name. Uh, he wrestled in Cuba. He wrestled uh, a lot of Latin American countries, but he made his name in Venezuela. Um, and uh, yeah, there's an article out there that you can read about him being more popular than the president of the Venezuela at the time. And that's probably uh, still true. That's probably Wait, what was true. his wrestling name again? I'm sorry. Cruz Diablo. Cruz Diablo. Okay. That's a good name. That is a good name. Cruz I Diablo. feel intimidated. We still have his, um, you know, he was only allowed to leave the country with one set of gear. So we do have a mask and his his jacket and his boots and his tights. Uh, there, oh, there wow. Look oh, at that. Wow. That is and really the cool. very bright. I mean, yeah. Um, Oh yeah, Papa, you gotta dress up like Cruz Diablo one year for <laughs> yeah, Halloween. Yeah, for sure. You if I put on that, that outfit, it would be like the Hulk becoming the Hulk. I mean, I would like rip right through that that stuff. But well, get, you know, get a custom tailored one, bro. That would be tight. A little bit. That would be tight. In, in two thousand in two thousand fourteen, I wanted to use the name, and I did a one time only. This is prior to you know the donuts explosion in Miami. I did Cruz Diablo donuts, and. Uh, I had a couple of really cool donuts. I won't go into because I still want to use. Wow, <laughs> yes. right. Look at you. But but during how we got to crackers, um, you know, on the doll and I got to crackers, and I don't know if I'm I'm just jumping all over the place. Was that? It's okay. We're just during, talking. During, it's fine. We, there's we, no, we were, there's no we were, routine. We we were trying. Um, Nathan and I were trying to figure out something to do uh, after his life at Pincho Factory, and or excuse me, Pincho as they're known now. Right. And he said, they, "How about what, what I is help it, you DTF? With they <laughs> DTF. They dropped the factory. Yeah, <laughs> that's the press release we got from Pincho. Is yeah. they DTF? And I was like, mm, what? The factory? Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, there was so a sermon in Westchester for that time. So, um, yeah, he, he said, <laughs> let's do your Burger Beast concept, which I did right before the whole pandemic mess started. I mojo donuts. I tested the concept there for like two and a half months. I, I think Carlos, you went. Uh, yeah." Yeah, they were good. We were doing like uh, ham breaded chicken tenders, and we were doing my burgers, and we were doing my, oh man, the flan shake so good. And, oh my uh, god, the flan shake, Amy. We uh, we dude, still talk about the flan shake. You he put are a flan. My language. Wait, he put what? a flan in a shake, and then you yeah. drank the flan shake, and I your want and that. your eyes rolled back in your head. I yeah. want that in my world. So we use fry cream, you know, the local brand fry cream, which we use at Crackers also. And then we put a full pozuelito, we get the flan, just kind of remove it, blend it with three scoops of ice cream and a splash of milk. Everyone has a splash of milk. Oh my God. And but then uh, you still then make we'll that? Caramel, I can still we'll get that at crackers? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Dude, why? Broke my heart. Uh, yeah, so future pop ups are going to include like the, the flan shake and the. But I had told Nadal, you know, let's let's find a, a drive through place in. But I go, I, I don't want to do Burger Beats. Let's do Cruz Diablo. So we had come up with this concept to do tacos, burgers, and donuts. Um, and so it was called. I like all those it's things. On, it's on Instagram. It's Cruz Diablo Burgers. And, and I didn't really do very much because we found, uh, we just, we it took Nadal to eat at Crackers, and, and he liked the space, too. And we figured, hey, we should do something here. 
Cool. But it's still on the back burner. We want to do a 24-hour burger taco donut shop. And I think it'll, it'll still happen. You know, oh, the thing I like little. about crackers is it's like the it's the epitome of a neighborhood restaurant because it's legit in a house in a neighborhood. Like and there's tons of parking, which like for me as a person yeah. who's from Kendall, I really appreciate parking. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't want to go to your little dumb fancy pants neighborhood and then not know where to put my damn car. I like wow. that. Sounds and, like and you then, should be hanging out. <laughs> you don't Amy, you don't valet your Ferrari? You don't do that uh, when you go to the beach? No, because South you know beach? something? If you park poorly on the street in Miami Beach, the ticket that you get is cheaper than the valet. So generally speaking, I just find a place to park on the street or wherever, Smart. get a ticket and save my money. You're, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. The last time I tried parking on the beach, my car got towed and they gave me a ticket Ooh. at the same oh. time. Oh, yeah, that hurts. that hurts. I had to clean to put the car down. And I'm Ooh. pretty sure the cop was falling around the tow truck. I'm not even kidding. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. a bummer. That is terrible. That is such snake-like activity. Mm-mm. It is. But I did eat a cheeseburger baby, which there was a positive outcome to this. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of cheeseburger baby, or speaking of cheeseburgers in general, when you order a burger... No lechuga, no tomate. What's mm-hmm. up with that? Why are you why are you racist against vegetables? Why do you hate salad? Why do you hate salad, Steph? <laughs> I do not hate tomatoes. Lettuce. I mean, in the last year I had shredded lettuce on two burgers. I did, and I actually wow. ate the entire burger. I didn't complain. Personal growth. Uh, yeah. Um that's it's not gonna continue. But <laughs> I just not a fan of it. I mean and even when we're doing all these road trips, Marcella, my wife and I are out doing road trips every, we stop in all the old school places open from the twenties and the thirties and forties. That's not burgers. That's not a thing for burgers. Original burgers did not have lettuce and tomato. I mean, it was like pickle, mustard, onion, or a combination of that. Not even cheese was really a thing. So probably the forties, it started getting going. Really? You know? I had no idea that that was uh, I, I just thought that that, you know, people made a sandwich. I figured, you know, you know, yeah. I bet you, I bet you, I bet you the lettuce and tomato came because moms were like, well, my kids are eating this all the time. Let me feel like I have given them some kind of a salad or some kind of a vegetable. They snuck in some health food inside their burger. I would probably be more inclined to believe it was a wartime rationing probably caused that to happen. And do you think they were uh, out of pickles? And so they're like, let's give them some iceberg. Yeah, I mean, when, you know, meat rations that gave way to kind of things like a slug burger from Mississippi. I don't know if you're Ew. familiar with that. What? What's in a slug yeah, burger? <laughs> so, you know, the, the United States is like made up of a lot of uh, regional burger styles. You know, Miami's is fritas. Like you can find fritas randomly and they're just OK. I found a couple of good ones outside of Miami. Um, but in Mississippi, it's the slug burger. And um, the reason it's the slug, there is no slugs in it. I mean, thank you. Please, thank just you for clearing that up to begin with. Um, when the war rationing uh, started, you know, to kind of extend the meat, they needed to add, like, fillers. So they would do breadcrumbs or soy or any any type of thing that they could kind of fill, eggs, which almost kind of made it into a meatloaf. A meatloaf, and yeah. Using it, yeah, which, you know, is a rolling thought. I mean, I love meatloaf, but, I mean, a meatloaf and a burger are not the same thing. Meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> They can be on a sandwich. A meatloaf sandwich is delicious. <laughs> and so they were called slugs because the burgers were five cents and a five cent piece was called the slug. So that's where the name comes from. It's not because they were slugs. You know, I think it's funny how um, you went from just a guy who liked burgers to the guy that knows, the guy that I know that knows the most about burgers that I could ask 
anything about kind of history of burgers and you and you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, a burger scholar. I've I've always kind of like uh, looked and and delved deep into something I was into. So when I was when I had the film store, uh, I was like a man, maniac obsessed with finding out about directors and and you know the here's a funny story pertaining to the Miami Herald. They did a story in the neighbors about my store, and they sent an intern to write the story. Oh, you're the you're oh the horror. Oh, the horror, yes. Okay. And my store was very dark intentionally. Um, low lighting, the walls were dark gray, the shelving were all black. And then the rental areas were categorized like we had horror, but then categorized by vampire films and then cannibal. So we had like a category like you could, if you wanted a cannibal horror film, there was, you know, five or six. And then there was a director section and they, an intern. And I believe, I want to say she wasn't even 18. I mean, I don't know if that's possible, but I'm pretty sure. It could have been a high school intern. It could have, especially. She came in to do the story to interview me. And I I was there and she walked in, took a look. I'm assuming she looked at the horror section and was so creeped out. She left. (laughs) I then came back with her mother. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I gotta say that girl is smart. <laughs> she was she felt uneasy. She needed to come back with somebody who would make her feel comfortable because that sounds creepy anyway. Yeah, now, I mean, our store was, you know, uh, I would say like a sore thumb in the middle. We had a giant pumpkin on our sign. I mean, in, in the middle of Westchester. I mean, people are like, "What in the world is this store?" And you know what? The main problem our store had was parking. I mean, there was just no parking in that. In that. And that that really just killed us. The Westchester Which, people need that, man. They require yeah. it. Doesn't happen in Kendall. In Kendall, there's tons. <laughs> and there's also a ton of traffic on Kendall Drive. I mean, if we're going to get into Kendall. Yeah, that's yeah. where the parking <laughs> happens. <laughs> because all the parking, everybody's leaving know. their parking space. That, that's like uh, the food trucks in 2011. When you go to go to a food truck event and there's no parking and all the, the median and everything were just filled with trucks. Uh, with, I'm sorry, with vehicles from people going to the events. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, police would have to show up and control the traffic. It's a crazy time for that, that whole food truck thing. I want to ask you about food trucks, but before we go there, I want to I want to mention the, uh, Rene Rodriguez, our former film critic. He's at fault for your movie business going under, right? I, I blame him wholeheartedly for what happened. Okay. Wait, what did he off. do? What did Rene no, do? No, no. He, didn't, he didn't do anything. I did reach out to him and say, hey, you should come out and check out the store. I, I, I have one thing that I love that I was able to do. I sponsored a if you, um, I guess a live talk of John Waters at the University of Miami, and he signed a poster and it has his picture and it has my logo of the old horror, and he signed it. Thanks for helping me spread filth, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. that poster is actually up on the other side, so you wouldn't be able to see it from this side in this room. Nice. So you mentioned food trucks and um, you became, so that's how I really became aware of you is that you were organizing a lot of food truck rallies in Miami. So like that whole food truck movement, like you'd go out, especially like in Wynwood, there'd be, there'd be, you know, some, uh, uh, there was one called the Gastropod, Latin Mm -hmm. Burger, which, uh, uh, who is this chef? Um, Ingrid Hoffman. Ingrid Hoffman, who uh, really was a great food truck. Like it was insane that food this good was coming out of these. It, uh, it, it was great when Ingrid was involved. Yes, yes, you're correct. <laughs> and then she was not involved, and then it was not great. 
Yeah. Uh, but it was my cousin Felipe who was like, he's like, you got to try this place called Latin Burger. And I was like, that sounds weird. And the truck <laughs> was black and it had a pink, pink a pink, yeah. a pink, a pink uh, bull yeah. head with horns. And yeah. I was like, this is strange. And then I ate it and I was like, I'm a food truck guy now. This is cool. But you yeah. tell me about that, like becoming involved with that. And, and you organize like a like one of the world's biggest rallies, right? Yeah. So my blog being about burgers, all about the first 12 trucks, I think 11 of them had burgers. So it was logical that I was chasing these guys to try their food. And I realized at that point I was the only one who knew them all because they were all just parking at random parts of the city when the city wasn't just trying to shut them down. And I thought it might be cool if I just, you know, put together an event. And I was trying to figure out where I could do this event at. Initially, I reached out to Magic City Casino and I realized it was just going to cost me too much to roll the dice. At that that point, I, I had a full-time job. I was a manager at the Metro PCS store in the Gables. I thought I'd name drop that. Wow, big money. That's that's a, that's big money. That's, that, was a, that was a big, important job, man. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's how if if you were following my blog initially, I was eating at Coral Gables a lot. That's the reason, because uh-huh. <laughs> that's where I was based. Every day, I'd be there five days a week, so I'd be every day. I'd figure out some place to eat that might have a have a burger. And around that time, they reached out to me from the Miami Herald, and they said they were doing this event called the Fall for the Arts. And if I would like to do it, um, it was not a paying gig, uh, but that was okay because. It, it was a promotional gig for me. I mean, that sounds so, that was, sounds very that sounds very Miami Herald actually. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. As we, I we like that. Could out, you do it for free? As I came to find out, yes. <laughs> I feel and like so, you may or may not have done several things for free for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that they may have. You know, Miami Herald might pride itself on, on milking me, but um, <laughs> but well, the reality is, look, I I, I was kind of like my blog was a year and a half old or something like that. And the publicity of working with the Miami Herald was a big deal for me, you know, and a lot of stuff that I, people I want to work with is tied to my family. My grandfather loved the Miami Herald. So, and he, he had already passed. So I was like, Oh, here's an opportunity for me to work with a brand that my grandfather loved. And so they said, we're doing this giant arts festival and we would love for you to curate the food. And I was like, well, let's do food trucks. And they didn't even know what I was talking about. So <laughs> I was like, well, let me corral these food trucks. I remember that day in particular. It was one of the hottest days on earth. At least it felt that way. And Gastropod was there. Landberg was there. Uh, fish Box, which was like a maronera. Oh, that place was great, too. The Fish Box. Uh, then some Gogo, which is uh, Richard Hale's uh, food truck at the time for Sakaya Kitchen. Uh, Sweetness Bake Shop, which is no longer around, but Chef Stephanie's now at Crybaby Creamery down in Palmetto Bay. And, you know, the Yellow Submarine Truck, which is now Rock That Burger in Kendall. And uh, it was and Land House was there, you know, one of my all-time favorites, Land House. And they were there with their trailer. And my dad, I enlisted my dad and a friend of mine to help me, you know, kind of handle the situation. And I was just not really prepared what it was going to be like to deal with all these personalities. I think that was the, my biggest takeaway. I, it, it, <laughs> those, those were still burger, uh, burger food trucks were people who went out on their own to be independent. And right. now food truck rally is you had all these independent personalities yeah. that you had to get to convince to work together that, uh, that a rising tide floats all boats, you know, that like all being together and all doing well would be good for your business. 
That that was no, a wait, hard can, sell. Can you, can you hear my cat trying to break into this room? <laughs> no. no. It's oh, no. okay, good. <laughs> okay. I hear it. <laughs> my dog is underneath my desk right now. Oh no! So, I closed the door so he can come in here and, and attack me. And he's, I guess, decided that he needs to come in here. Oh, he, your cat uh, needs some camera time. His, and his name is Boris, by the way, because we named him after Boris Karloff. But that's that's an aside. Um, yeah, so I I didn't know my dad was there with me. I mean, I, we were putting out fires. People, one food truck got into an argument with the police. With the police officer, where they were being let in, the police officer refused to let him into the lot. They had to go around. I'm standing in the middle of Biscayne, negotiating, talking to the truck, trying to get them to come in through the opposite side of the lot. And this is the giant lot in front of the Adrian Arch Center. Um, then there was two trucks that were facing each other, and their awnings were hitting each other, and they were arg- angling for space. And even the Miami Herald had to step in to kind of calm this out. And I was like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? And, and later on, you know, you know, I know you mentioned I wrote a book. My original plan was to write a book about it was going to be called My Life in the in the Miami Food Truck World. Because the, I have so many crazy stories that are unbelievable that I thought that would have made for a cooler book. And then ultimately I wrote the all about the burger, America's favorite sandwich. Yes, <laughs> now you're talking my language. <laughs> and uh yeah, the truck the truck thing was cool. We eventually set the Guinness World Record. Uh, and uh, we did how it many trucks four, did you rally? We did, it on four, was it? we did it on 420. It's very important that I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> um, it, w- it was 62 at the time when we said it's been since broken, but I do still have the certificate. So uh, it was That's the largest awesome. rate of food trucks. They had to go in a circle for two miles. So they met up at the Magic City Casino, which is where ultimately I ended up doing a lot of food truck events. And they went for two miles in a circle. So if you lived in that neighborhood you probably saw the trucks driving through your neighbor which i'm sure must have been a sight and it was like YouTube, the guy it was like the Gaiocho parade but with burger or with <laughs> trucks yeah and so if you I, if on youtube there is a video with pictures from a helicopter because this is you know pre you know drone tech, yeah pre-drone a, a helicopter of photographs of the trucks going through the neighborhoods yeah that's pretty wild that is pretty wild so is that so the relationship you've had with Magic City Casino is that the reason why you set up your burger museum in there? Is that why you picked that location when you had it? So I, I started doing the food truck event, and then I thought I needed to do a burger event, and then uh, which eventually grew into being a, a, a called Hamburger House Party. And I retired it once I wrote the, my book. That was the last time I did the event in 2019. I also did a couple smaller events called the Frida Showdown. And the Frida Showdown would eventually grow into the mastodon of my events, as we call it, uh, the Croqueta Palooza. Oh, Um, yes. We need to talk about Croqueta Palooza. And uh, so with each event and successful event I did, the casino and I relationship became closer. So when they were meeting at our office, Marcel and I were so fancy, we had an office at one point. Uh, They were meeting at our office and um, they saw the decor. I said, hey, it might be cool if I just set up a museum over there. And they're like, okay, where do you want to do it? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and so... Amy, let me tell you, actually, before, before we get into that, I, having been in Seth's office one day, imagine a Spencer Gifts, but <laughs> of just burger and food memorabilia. Like you walk in and it's it's like a, a warehouse office, but there's things everywhere, everywhere, posters and things No, I actually up and, went to the Burger Museum when it was in Magic no, City Casino. No, but I, this, I, was, this was when he was in his... 
in his and office, just, in his office. just yeah. crammed in there. And it was like begging for a museum, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were so cool, and and they they actually wanted to build out a like a building for me to run it out of, and wow. I was more interested right near the entrance of the casino. There was a space that was just their storage, and I said I knew that was the original entrance to the casino when it opened. I think in the thirties or forties, and even when I was a kid, my dad used to work for Wise Potato Chips and used to deliver. I remember as being as a kid walking in there to deliver stuff. So I was like, I really want this space. It's tied to the history of the building and to. The, and it makes sense. And so it was constructed right there, you know, at the entrance. And we tried a lot of variations of it. Uh, we ended up putting a Walls ice cream in there for a period of time and that didn't work out. And then we did Candilandia, which is my my version of a candy shop with soft serve ice cream and all old school candies. And, you know, we gave it a, a, a college try. And um, it, it was the three years I, I, I had a blast doing it, you know. And if I didn't do it, I would have regretted it. So... We we did and we did a dinner there, the the Burger Museum dinner, which we did with uh, Bill, Brian, and Veronica of Aldivia, who work at, at the Ariet. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the group is called, the Michael Beltran's Empire. Yes, the <laughs> the, Beltran, they, they the Beltran Food Empire. And we, you know, we we they did some real cool stuff. Like I sat down and I was like, hey, I think that you know it was courses, and they did a soup like a chicken cordon bleu uh, soup because I love the Wendy's chicken cordon bleu sandwich from the nineties. And they did a croqueta because I like the yumbo sandwich from Burger King. From I didn't have it in the seventies, but it was a ham and cheese sandwich, and they did a croqueta filled with cheese. And then we got uh, the old Sizzler cheese bread was like the side side of the soup, and then we did the Bob's Big Boy Burger, the original double deck with a uh, hamburger red relish. And I mean, they, they nailed it all across the board. And we had, uh, you know, MI beer and, and everything was paired with a drink and you know, sodas. And yeah, it was blast. We did it only one time. And that's kind of how I got to doing the burger club that we, we started in December because I wanted to do doing that. I like the whole thing of just curating the courses and what everyone's trying. I, I almost hate to pump up the Burger Club because it's so small and I think it's even closed. But tell me about the Burger Club and like, what was the How idea behind it? can I be down? It? I want to be in the Burger Club. I know. I can't. You know what? He's asked me and I I regret not have signing up. Regret not I signing up I think I can sooner. eat the Burger Club. I, I don't think I would get. Uh, white girl's stomach? Amy, My stomach Amy, can handle it. Amy, I'm sorry. I got bad news for you, but though. We're not accepting new members. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Ooh. No, look, 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 the reality there's only so much um, because I try to keep it really intimate. So I can't just have open enrollment. I mean, it's not like I'm picking and choosing. I just do open and say, if you follow me on social media, I'm like, hey, enrollment is open if you want to join. And and I really don't get a lot of people, which is interesting. I'm talking like five to 10 people every time I open it. And we're about, about 60 members. And we've done four meetings so far. And, you know, this last one, which I think was, I mean, we've done some great food. I mean, we the first meeting, we had Carolina Jacks. He flew down uh, from from Jacksonville just to do the patty melt. Went straight to Restaurant Depot, bought everything, came to the restaurant, prepped. And the next morning, I took them to have fritas at Arroyo de la Fritas, and then he went back home. You know? Oh, wow. So, so how, many people, how many people eat at the meetings? Right around 50. Um, okay. And so this last one for National Burger Month, um, we did crackers is now introducing our hand breaded, uh, onion rings. So we did that. We had AJ Cinnabons. He did his new Cinnabon, which was, you know, incredible. We had, uh, we got rum there and gave a was there. 
doing cocktails for for everybody. Gabe Ruta uh, is, is well known for doing really great yeah. cocktails. He's like one of Miami's OG like mixologist yeah. guys, you know. Yeah, and he's got another book coming out about cocktails, Miami stuff. And cool. you know, we had I'm trying to think when I'm oh okay, I'm the burgers. <laughs> and so every meeting we had one burger, and I said, well, wouldn't it be cool? If we had three, well, it was going to be four. We were going to do my burger, the Burger Beast one. But I I, I said, uh, I think it would be too much. So we did three burgers. We had Ted's Burgers. We had USBS. And we had Beef's Meat Encounter. So everyone got a slider. They're about three ounces each burger one. Those are, dude, those are three great burgers you just I mentioned. I want to have there. all those burgers. Yeah. And uh, and someone came up to me. He's like, look, you just saved a lot, some people a lot of driving. <laughs> it's true. And, and this That's is not true. done by some... Some of their, you know, employees, this are the owners who are there in the kitchen cooking this stuff. So just and, those three. So USBS is in the Citadel. So like way over on, you know, uh, north of up, Little Haiti, up there. Little River, uh, Babe's Meat Encounter, which is Palmetto way down, down in there Palmetto in, Bay. In Palmetto Bay. And which was the other one? Oh, and Ted's. Ted's and Ted's kind of like pop up. Like he might be in Little Havana one day. He might be, you know. Who knows? Yeah, and, and yeah it, it, it was fun. We're doing uh, our next meeting. I'm not going to say the date because I don't want people trying to show up. <laughs> but it's going to be at Smoke and Dough in West Coast. Oh, I want to go to that. Wow. That's uh, Amy's pick for a Michelin. She's, she thinks they're going to get mentioned in Michelin. And you know what? Maybe. I, I, Maybe. I, I love the food and I love those people. Those are good. Harry is a good guy. Did you know that Harry and his wife, uh, Michelle, were both journalists? who graduated from FIU's journalism school at the bottom of the economy in 2008. And that's why they went and they into were his, like, let's make empanadas better. Yes. And into his dad's business. We got to have Harry on. Yeah. I we think do. he would it's like Chipotle, him. Chipotle chicken empanada. Very, the most underrated empanada on their menu. Really? Chipotle, chi- the most underrated sandwich on their menu. <laughs> if you want to say that. <laughs> okay. You're with me. Yeah. You're with me on the sandwich. On the, on the I, sandwich I, I'm, I'm with you to rile people up. Yes. <laughs> I might casually pop in to smoking dough on a random night when I hear that there's a burger party going on. You're not going to find out. You're not gonna find out. Or maybe you just I, pop I, in yeah, every I, night, every I night for the next 30 night. days. Are they here? How can I, get, I get like, you know, how can I get in on a, this newsletter? I'm like, there is no newsletter. You sign up for the club and that's the only way you find out when it's happening. I mean, that's, that's it. The invites only go out to the club members. Some of them, sometimes you can come by yourself. Sometimes I allow you to bring a plus one. Um, Papa, you're you're really missing out. Like the the Carbone people are charging big money for this private membership restaurant thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I would pay more money for a Burger of the Month Club uh-huh. than I would to, to get be, into a sushi bar. To be a you know to be a you know sushi bar in a private sushi bar where everybody's you know flexing their Rolex or whatever. Yeah, I definitely would not be there. <laughs> is there, is there well, wait been, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're, if you are gonna splurge in Miami, like what's your, what's the restaurant that you would go to and like gladly shell out a bunch of bucks? Like since you are the, you are the hole in the wall king, but like what is the place where you're like, okay, we're we're gonna have a night out? I don't, I don't even know that that's. Uh, I mean, I don't ever head to the beach. I, I don't head to Brickell. I, I, I really stay clear. I don't even really go to Wynwood. So when there's, I'm in Wynwood. It, it's kind of odd, you know. Uh, I went to Wynwood in December because Burger Buff, who's a guy who does pop ups out of Jersey, was doing a pop up along with Ted at uh, Jay Wakefield. So I got there. I got there super early because I'm sick. I have to get early places. 
I mean, they hadn't even set up when I got there. <laughs> and I was able to find parking in the front. That should tell you how early I got there. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like, I, what I would consider splurging. And it's not a, it's really not a money thing. It's just, I, I just don't want to be, I think it might also something has to do is when I was in retail management, I had to wear a shirt and tie every day. So anything that is close to that, I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. I did that for a long time. Um, okay, but like, would you would I, you roll up on Graciano's in Westchester? Oh yeah, but I don't even call Graciano's there because I, I we go get you know on the or or just go into the the market. But yeah, Graciano's, love Graciano's, um, and Novillo, you know, Maronia, like some of these these. Uh, and funny enough, I mentioned two Nicaraguan places, and my wife from Nicaraguan, and that wasn't the case. It's just those are two that came to mind. Uh-huh. I guess the price points would be a little higher than normal, but th- nowadays everything's expensive, right? So I mean, yeah, uh, everything's I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, I used to be like, I'm not going to eat that. That place they have a fifteen dollar burger. I'm like, well, most burgers are probably getting up there in that yeah. price. Range you can't get now. food truck food for under twenty bucks at this point. You know, like it's it's expensive. Everything's expensive. Well, fortunately, all our salaries are going up too, so it's fine. hundred percent, yeah. It's and the cost of living enough. is going down, so yeah. No, it's good. My house is, you know, it's very affordable. The, you know, everything is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm renting out one of my rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'm going to sell my children, so that's you know that's how yeah. I'm making things. That's right. Start a food truck. Get them cooking. <laughs> Oye, eh, before we let you go, you know, we got to make you play the game. All right. right. We got to make you play Kiss, Mary Kill. And now I I, I would uh, I would in the, you know, try to pick something specific to you. But I think I think we have to pin you down to some to some Miami favorites and make you make you. um, So I have a croqueta. Okay. A pastelito. Okay. It's getting hard. And a flan. And a flan. That's. You you would I'm not gonna I was say, gonna say I was gonna say coffee, but I know that you're not probably not a big coffee guy. I'm not feeling that you're a big coffee uh, guy. I I had coffee this morning. I um I'm glad you didn't say frita actually. Okay, you know what? Frita, frita, de jodite. Croqueta, pastelito, frita. A frita burger and a and a, a croqueta. Oh, okay. So kiss uh, um I probably kill the pastelito. I mean, sweets isn't really my. I love pastelitos, but. Of the three, um, if one had to go, the pastelitos got to go. Mary, okay. Who would I marry? Who would I want a long-term relationship? A long, loving. Uh, Who's the Marcella of your of your? <laughs> of your it, it, I, I would marry a croqueta. Um, I love croquetas. You know, the reality is my blog should have been croqueta beast. And there's actually is a croqueta beast T-shirt that I have. It's like me holding a croqueta instead of a burger with a silhouette. I love that. Um, so croquetas. You know, my love, my longtime love. I used to have, uh, when I was in elementary school at Rockway in beautiful Westchester, Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was at Rockway, um, I my mom would pack me croqueta sandwiches. And I would open my lunch, my little plastic lunchbox. And everyone would get slapped in the face by that confined smell. <laughs> mm. And people would be like, what is that? And then I would let them try. And then they tried negotiating with me for pieces uh-huh, of They wanted sandwich. a piece of that. Yeah, they're and like, here's like, my bologna sandwich. Uh, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. Get out of here, yeah. What was on your lunchbox? What was on your lunchbox as a kid? Like, what were your favorite lunchboxes? Mine was a Fall Guy. I had a metal Fall Guy lunchbox. That was the, the last one I remember, thing. which probably would have been fourth or fifth grade, I guess, was Hulk Hogan was on it. Oh, you know, nice. A wrestling. Yeah. You're a wrestling guy? 
Yeah. So that I didn't even know my grandfather was a wrestler till I started watching professional wrestling as a kid. Then my dad mentioned, Oh, let me tell you about your grandfather since I never got to, to meet him. That's how I found, you know, found out. And I have these really great family pictures. I, I mean, like if I saw you in person, I could show them to you. I would never text them to anyone. I don't want them to get out there. My grandfather without his mask is important to my dad. He doesn't want those pictures out there. We have a really great picture when my dad was born and my grandfather's dressed in his full with gear with his mask and he's carrying my dad as a baby. Oh, Aww. what a great picture. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think you have shown me that picture. I probably have. I've shown it to you. Yeah. And, that's a great uh, picture. And so, uh, getting back to, uh, I guess, so, yes. Yeah. Who are you? Kiss, kiss? Would be, kiss would be, um, the Frita, right? You uh, kiss the Frita. Yeah. We went, we yeah. went, so you, so you kill the pastelito. It, it would be a French kiss. I want to be. Oh, it would be. It would be. It's the one. The one that got away. Kiss. <laughs> in case the Corvette tries something on me, I'm like, I got my pack of bread. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. He's got his side frita. Yeah, frita's gonna cheat on you though. That's a, you know what? I'm gonna steal that a side frita. That'll be like in a, what you can add on to your menu. I don't like. You want a side frita? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Seth, thank you so much, man, for making the time, for being foolish with us and hanging out and, and talking all kinds of ridiculousness. Um, and I can't believe I haven't cursed once. I, I think I'm proud of you. Let, proud it just, of you. It balances out Beltran, who was like, a, who was <laughs> like, God, he was like, he was like the, he was like the drill sergeant in, uh, in uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket, dude. And I can't believe we kept this uh, to under like an hour because when I was on Beltran's ep- uh, on his podcast, I think we talked for like two and a half hours. Bubble, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. I'm a professional. Amy and I are professionals. Okay, I'll let him know that he's not a professional. <laughs> no, he's a professional chef. He, no, no, like you know what? He he's gonna he will whoop my butt in the in the kitchen. But uh, he's a podcast influencer. I'll let him. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I I'm like so that. professional. I'm about to hang out at Smoke and Dough every night for the rest of my life until I find your party. That's See, you <laughs> See you there. Well, I'm going to be gone for three weeks in June, and it will be after that. So you can, Okay, so you now I got a window. Shouldn't have told me. That's it. She's going to start doing her facts and figures. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks again, bro. We appreciate it. No, no. Time. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Dale. Before you leave, look, 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 check out look at my monster up there. Oh, snap. Who is that? What? That's Where's Carlos? Who is the that? The creature from the Black Lou. Oh, yes. The swim. The creature from the Black Lagoon swim. Remember that? The- yeah. And, the, and that's Bella Lugosi, a colorized picture of him up there. I love oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's a vibe over there. It's a vibe. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All, All right, Holmes. Take care. Oh, I'm yeah. getting in this burger club. You'll see. I'm Man, about to that, be. <laughs> I was, They're coming I was, to Kendall. I'm going to be in it. I was sleeping on that burger club, man, because that Dude. sounds really good. I Dude, would, I'm your I would, plus one. If he invites you, I'm your plus one. I will not take no for an answer. I would eat me some burgers, man. And all plus. those places he mentioned, I would want to eat all of those burgers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Amy, you know what I think? I think it's a show. I think that's a show. Yeah, I hope he doesn't get our Kendall variant. Deuces. Deuces.